The Athletic. So after we recorded this week's Ornstein and Chapman podcast, dominated, of course, by talk of the European Super League, Tottenham announced that they'd sacked Jose Mourinho, which, to be honest, was not ideal for us. However, luckily, the Athletics' James Moore and Jack Pitt Brook recorded a bonus episode of our Spurs podcast, View from the Lane, that reacted to Mourinho's dismissal. So we'll bring that to you right now. Hello and welcome to the View from the Lane podcast. My name is Jack Pitbrook. I'm joined by James Moore. This is obviously a special emergency edition of our podcast. The sirens are going off because, as you know, if you listen to this, Jose Mourinho has been sacked as Tottenham manager. Uh, That news came out this morning, Monday morning, bringing to an end his 17-month reign at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's really an amazing day, like because it's obviously happening in the midst of the European Super League announcements. We're not going to go into the Super League on, in detail today because, to be honest, there's too much Mourinho stuff to talk about. We will get to the Super League in time, of course. But, James, how are you feeling? I mean, having said we won't talk about the Super League, I mean, it, I, I think that kind of hanging over the top of it has uh, has made it feel a bit a bit strange I mean obviously like all all news stories over the last year or so particularly sports ones have kind of had that odd kind of grimy coating over them because they've happened in the kind of Covid era but for this to come in in the Covid era and in this European Super League sort of you know in the wake of this announcement last night which was just a, a mad thing that I don't think we ever thought would oh I don't, th- don't think we really realistically thought it would get to that stage and perhaps the things that are being said might not actually happen still. But yeah, it does make it feel incredibly surreal. I don't think it, the, the timing is mad. I know we're going to talk about that in a second, but like, I just don't, it was the one time I didn't expect it to happen. And it's kind of a bit like when uh, Pochettino went, and I remember us saying on the very first episode of his podcast, which was that week, uh, by coincidence, we should say, that it was really weird that he had gone in the second week of the international break. Uh, and it does seem mad that he, you know, not only have we just had an international break, but... We've also had a couple of league games where performances have been quite bad, probably worse than that Everton one on Friday night, which I guess we probably won't really talk about now that much. But to suddenly see him go like a week before a cup final or five days before a cup final with like what, six games of the season to go, it does seem uh, it does seem mad, but I, I can I can kind of see the logic, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's so strange, isn't it? Um, I should say, we haven't prepared anything for this podcast. That's how unready, I think, or surprised we were by the news. We've got lots of questions. So we're just going to run through these questions from uh, from listeners. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted them in. We're going to start with a question from Michael Anderson. What do you make of the timing? With the outcome of the season still in the balance, it's striking that Levy thinks that Ryan Mason has a better chance of winning a trophy and securing European football than Jose. An assessment I agree with, by the way. Well, Michael, that I mean that that's a huge question. Um, in terms of timing, so I I heard last week that Mourinho's position was in serious trouble, and of course, Alistair Gold at Football London wrote that story over the weekend saying that Mourinho would not be in place next season. Um, so that had been my assumption over the weekend was that he would go at some point during this season, maybe when top four was no longer possible. That said, I have to hold my hands up and say I was completely shocked by the timing this morning. Uh, maybe that's because I had Super League on the brain and um, wasn't really thinking about Mourinho's position this morning. I, I almost, 
I was very surprised when I heard that it, it was now. In terms of why they've done it now, well, there is a rumour going around that it's to do with Mourinho refusing to take training with the Super League. I'm told that is absolutely not true, even though it has got a lot of traction online. I do think that is fake news. Um, I think it's because they do think that Mason and Chris Powell gives the team the best chance of improving, maybe beating City if they're lucky, and more importantly, I think, really, um, doing better in their last six Premier League games to to get back into the European places for next season. You know, it was obvious from the Everton game, where, I'm, you know, no, we're not going to go into the Everton game, but it, it was obvious from watching it that the players are not responding to Mourinho anymore. There's nothing, there was nothing else there. They, they had, Kane aside, I think they'd, that relationship was broken. Um, and maybe you know, maybe they do think that a change in manager, a change in tone, a change in a new voice in the training ground might help to get the best out out of the players those last few games. James, I mean, I don't know what how you feel going into the cup final. Uh, do you even think about the cup final? Yeah, it, it feels so different now. Having kind of felt so resigned to a, a dour defeat and thinking, you know, obviously I wanted Spurs to win that game with, with Mourinho as manager, regardless. Um, but I, I can't really say I was especially looking forward to it. Um, but now it just feels so different. I mean, it is, it is, it sort of defies logic, but I'm so much more excited about it now. Ryan Mason's going to be in charge than I would have been with Mourinho, which is such a ludicrous sentence. You know, I don't want to get too sort of misty-eyed and emotional about a thing before it's even happened, but imagine if Gareth Bale, you know, redemption story, I was going to say off the bench, he'll probably just start, won't he? I mean, just imagine it like Bale banging in an absolute worldie, win the cup final against Pep Guardiola's Man City, you know, Ryan Mason, 29 years old, local lad, Spurs fan. He's had his career taken away from him by a, a terrible injury. Um, he's kind of come back to the club in a coaching capacity and suddenly he's thrust in to a major cup final against, I, I, and I'm not taking a piss when I say this, you know, against the best manager of all time. And I know what the subtext there is. Um, I mean, that that is, you know, in the midst of everyone panicking that football has, you know, sold its soul and the game is gone. It is an amazing story just to have in the middle of all that. I mean, you know, obviously we don't know exactly how the whole thing's going to play out and Spurs may end up losing the game 4-0, which wouldn't be quite so romantic from my perspective. But... Uh, I'm incredibly excited about it now. I'm really, really gutted I'm not going to be there. There's people that are going to be there and are incredibly lucky, but I will be watching now and incredibly annoyed if they do get beat. I can't even get my head around what Sunday will be like. It's just, uh, I feel like after today, there is so much news that might happen in the next four, five days before the final that I've, I've got no idea. Uh, next question. You're talking about the Southampton game on Wednesday night, right? That's what you mean. Yeah, I'd actually forgotten about that. Uh, but yeah, I think Ryan Mason is meant to be giving a press conference, in theory, on Tuesday. Well, he's going to get asked about the Super League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mad. It is. The whole thing is bizarre. But anyway, on we go. Next question is from The Boy Kane. For discussion, how poor a decision was it by the chairman to hire Mourinho and the extent to which he, as the individual who hires fires with little knowledge, should be held accountable for one, the wasted 17 months, and two, the financial cost of this mess? Well, um, I think it was a disastrous decision. I think it was a really terrible decision from Daniel Levy to appoint Mourinho. I think that any any examination of Mourinho's 
t- last three, four jobs, certainly Real Madrid, arguably Chelsea, certainly Manchester United, would have told him that Mourinho's best days were behind him. He's not a manager who is able to really, I think, connect and get the best out of the new generation of players. I think his, I think his style of play is out of date and his approach to the game. I think that's been very clear from the last sort of five, six years and the success that Guardiola and Klopp have had in the Premier League. And... You know, of course, I understand why he did it because, you know, Levy had built the training ground and the stadium and he wanted a world class manager to go with his world class facilities. But I just think he got too, too attracted by the cachet of being associated with such a massive name. And, you know, Mourinho is a massive name. He's alleged he's one of the best managers in history. And uh, he just wasn't wasn't right not right for Tottenham or this squad or or these players so I I do think it has been a disaster an absolute disaster I mean look I I don't think we should rewrite history and if anyone listened back to podcasts that we've recorded over the last year or so I've said a couple of times I could kind of see the logic in why you would do that why you would have that as your kind of Hail Mary pass at the end of the Pochettino reign Uh, you know the, the idea that you're going to bring in an experienced manager who knows how to win trophies um and would immediately command respect from the players from day one um and and no matter what you say about what's happened over the last 18 months at the start that definitely was the case but it it hasn't worked and I think it's the combination of his tactics and the man management thing I think you can maybe have one without the other to get that buy-in from the players from the kind of cruel to be kind approach I think they need to feel like the football they're playing is kind of (laughs) worth the grief And and I just don't think those two things have aligned under Mourinho at Spurs, I just I just don't think that was ever really going to work in hindsight. Um, and I appreciate a lot of people were saying they didn't need hindsight to see this, but I'm saying I did. Uh, so yeah, it is. Uh, look, we know appointing Mourinho was something Levy wanted to do way back in what like sort of 2003, 2004. I think that's what, uh, they've both gone on record as having said that. So you know maybe there was a little bit of ego there. He finally wanted to get his man his Hollywood appointment. But yeah, I don't think you can look back on it and say it's been anything other than a disaster, really. Yeah, quite. Um, next question from Dan Nolan. I'd be interested to hear what you think about Kane and particularly Son's Instagram messages about Jose. They seem very upset by it. Will that be a worry moving forward? Um, James, I actually haven't seen these messages, so I'm going to let you answer that while I, while I look at them on Instagram, yeah. What, what you could have done is asked me to answer it and not mentioned it you hadn't seen, but hey. It's so We're honest on this podcast. Um, Honest, honesty first. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I took, the thing I'm not surprised by is that those are the only two players, as far as I've seen, that have uh, posted anything about it at all on social media. I think Deli Ali has wished Joe Hart a happy birthday in the kind of immediate aftermath of that announcement. I uh, don't know if we should read anything into that. Um, you know, I mean, uh, well, we've spoken a few times, and you've written this a couple of times. You know, Kane massively looked up to Mourinho. He was not at all or not especially unhappy with the way things were going tactically or in training he wasn't one of the players who was unhappy with that so no I'm not I'm not surprised by that and Son you know again I think we kind of said and wrote before that he was another who would kind of bought into that his performances particularly in the first half of the season would certainly align with that um, and as an emotional bloke as we've seen many times before I'm not surprised that he wrote quite a uh, an emotional uh, you know, message to Mourinho. So, I, I, you know, I'm not, I, I wouldn't be any more concerned about that than uh, than it was a week ago. Let's put it that way, that they were, the, they were the players that were with Mourinho when everyone else, it seemed like, were, were perhaps against him. 
Um, I think we knew that split, if you want to call it that, was there. Whether or not that becomes a problem in the next few weeks, I'm not. I, I, I wouldn't be so worried about that. I don't. I don't really see it being that kind of split. If you see what yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really feel like, particularly with Ryan Mason, who I, obviously I know this is one of the later questions. Ryan Mason, is someone who Kane has known for like what, like probably 10, 15 years. Yeah. So I can, that might kind of massage some of the issues away slightly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So I've just looked at the messages. So Kane says, it was a pleasure to have worked together. And Son says, no words to describe how I'm feeling. And he says he was truly grateful for the time we've had together. You know, it's it's kind of easy to be cynical about this sort of thing, but players don't have to post that. You know, they could easily have just not posted that, but they have done. And I do think it's worth taking them at their words. On Kane, yeah, as James says, Kane has been the most pro-Mourinho player, really. He's played incredibly well under him. He's, I think, he's actually the the one player you can say he's really clearly improved. Like Kane has never played as well as he has done this season. Um, I was told recently that Kane would run through brick walls for Mourinho, and you can see, and that's not just words. You could see that on the pitch at Everton on Friday night, where frankly everyone else from Spurs was terrible, and Kane was incredible and nearly won the game single handedly, just like he nearly won the game single handedly at St James's Park a few weeks ago. Um, but no, I would totally agree with James. I don't see there being any problem down the line. You know, Kane, is, Kane and Son are both top top professionals, and I think they will play to their best. What whoever is in charge of Tottenham, so I. I wouldn't be worried about that at all as a Spurs fan. So, yeah, let's come on to Maggie Beth Gibson's question. Any insight into the relationship between Mason and the players ahead of him becoming the boss? Well, I'm sure he's very popular. You know, obviously he would have played with a lot of these guys back in the sort of late AVB, Sherwood and Poch's first season, or Poch's first season and a bit at Tottenham. Um, so of the current lot, that would be what? Lloris, Kane, Davis, Dyer... He was still there in fifteen sixteen, wasn't he? I as well, so, so he yeah. would have played with sort of Son, Son and Alderweireld as well. Yeah, yeah. so he would, have, he would have played with more than half the team. And like everyone who knows Ryan Mason knows what a, a popular, friendly, well liked guy he is. Like that's that's been incredibly clear throughout his whole career as, as a player and a coach. So can't really offer any detailed insight into what he will do as Tottenham manager. But yeah, he's a very popular guy, and you know you often find with these. When you get a sacking towards the end of the season, sometimes it, sometimes it does lead to a big improvement. You know, you can look at when Mancini got sacked by City, and uh, I think Brian Kidd took over for the end of the twelve thirteen season. City improved a bit. Gigs after gigs after Moyes at Manchester United. I mean, famously, you know, you, this is basically what you think happened with Solskjaer at United after Mourinho left, isn't it? You don't think he's a proper manager, so. Well, yeah, I've been proven wrong about that. <laughs> no, no one's giving you any grief for that. <laughs> no. um, but no, you do often see particularly when it comes to an unpopular manager, which I think Mourinho really was by the end, the players sometimes do, often do improve their performance. They feel, you know, they've got to go prove a point. They want to enjoy their football again. They want to play without the shackles. They want to play without fear of getting bollocked if they make a mistake, that sort of thing. So, I, you know, I've got... I'm, I am not going to make any predictions about what's going to happen in the next few games because it is not a uh, it's not a time for making predictions. But I do think Tottenham will improve. Um, I think I think if you look at those matches, sorry, I, I mean, League Cup final aside, Southampton at home, you know, who knows what they're going to be up to for the next few weeks now their season is effectively over. Sheffield United at home, obviously just been relegated. Leeds away, anything can happen in any Leeds game. That'd be a tough game, but it's not it's not unwinnable. Wolves at home, season over. Villa at home by then season over and then you get to that Leicester game in the last day of the season so actually I, I don't think it's you know inconceivable it's four home games there against teams in the bottom half of the league I mean 
I, the, those are games you kind of might have looked at if Mourinho was still around and everyone was still having a bit of a sulk. Maybe, you know, maybe they'd drop points there. But actually, if you think if there's like, you know, if the good vibes are back and Gareth Bale is back in the team, say, you, you can kind of see that they might actually do pretty well in those games towards the end of the season and end with a bit of a flourish, which, you know, after everything that's happened over the last few months, even if it ultimately doesn't really get Spurs anywhere or anywhere higher than like sixth or whatever, I think it would still be pretty good. Next question is from John Hayes, who says, what does this mean for Delhi's future with the club? Well, it's a really interesting question, John. You know, I thought Delhi would have wanted to leave in the summer, having not played. I think if Delhi's playing, I think he'd be happier to stay. I'm really interested to see what happens with Delhi and Winks. Obviously, they've had a pretty miserable season. They've been excluded. Um, we've said on this podcast before. I think they're both great players, Delhi and Winks, in different ways. I think Winks gets a lot. I think they both get a lot of unfair stick, given how well they played under Pochettino. Um, to be honest, my guess is they'll stay. You know, it's a really hard market to sell anyone. You know, this is ex- excluding all the Super League stuff. It's not an easy market to sell. So I imagine that the players will stick around. And I think that's good because they're really good players. You know, they're 25-year-old England internationals. Players like that don't come around that often. And it's uh, Spurs have been much better off with those guys in the team than without. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That, uh, as you say, it's going to be incredibly difficult to shift fringe players even, let alone kind of big money star names. And given we know Levy has uh, kind of campaigned for Delhi to stay at the club when perhaps Mourinho wanted to, to shift him on loan last summer, you would kind of imagine that the new manager, whoever it is, um, the new permanent manager, would be encouraged to try and get the best out of Delhi Alley rather than just sell him. So yeah, I would be very surprised. I mean, you know, that that isn't just a case of, that isn't just a simple case of chucking him back in the team and it all clicking into gear again. I don't think because I think there are. Sort of especially tactical things there that need to be resolved. And we talked about right at the start of the season, the fact that the way he plays doesn't really fit into the systems that most top sides are using now, including Spurs. Um, so that is that is a hurdle, but I would expect him to certainly get another chance. Uh, on a similar note, Jace Tucker, any chance Danny Rose makes a resurgence? Obviously, Rose has got two months left in his Spurs contract. Uh, I'm going to say a no on this. I just think Rose hasn't really done enough on the pitch for Tottenham or Newcastle or England in the last year or two to earn a new contract, in my view. Well, he can only he can probably only play in the League Cup final, can't he? Because he won't be able to play in the, um, in the Premier League because he's not registered in the squad. So he he could play in the League Cup final, but I don't think he'd be able to play any other games. So it doesn't seem especially likely that that would happen. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't I don't think Rose is kind of uh, I don't want to say fall from grace because that seems a bit unfair. But I don't think his kind of decline is just down to Mourinho. That was a kind of a thing that was happening before Mourinho arrived, and it's not like he was incredible at Newcastle in the time in between. So. Uh, yeah, I think the be- I think the best resolution there is still for him to leave at the end of the season and find a club where he's going to play regularly, and I, I think he should do that. Yeah, it's completely agree. Um, Chris Renwick, does the Super League thing make it more or less difficult to pick a manager and get them to join, or does it not make much difference? Well, I mean, I don't know. I've got no idea, Chris. Like, Who knows? Uh, you know, on you could say optimistically that, well, Spurs are going to be in the Super League and that's really great because, you know, everyone's going to want to be involved in the Super League. And if I, let, let's say hypothetically they wanted Brendan Rodgers or Nagelsmann and let's say if Bayern aren't in the Super League and Tottenham are, then maybe Nagelsmann would want to be at Tottenham. 
on the other hand, you could say, well, so Tottenham are going to get banned from the banned from UEFA competitions, banned from the Premier League. The Super League is going to take years to set up. Would a manager want to take the risk of going to a Super League team um, when you know they could play for Leicester in who will be in the Champions League next year, perhaps, or but you know Nagelsmann or any of these guys? I don't know. I just don't know. There's too many unknowns at the moment. I don't even got no no idea what's going to happen in the Super League at all. I guess the thing you'd say with that is that that would apply to all of those other clubs as well. So it's not like totally. you know, unless it is someone who's going to go to buy them because they feel like they will be in the Champions League and you know they're not going to get banned from domestic leagues or whatever then fine but uh, I feel like the whole thing is so much more complicated than that that uh, you know especially with regards to the involvement of teams like Bayern and PSG so yeah who knows it is just it is just the biggest unknown at the moment and I know it kind of seems that we're avoiding the question but I, I don't think we're alone in not really having a clue exactly how this is going to play out yeah, next question. Joseph McGloin, what is the likelihood the club will listen to the fans? How badly has the reputation and integrity of the club been damaged? Will the fans ever forgive Enoch and Levy? Now, I, I mean, I, thanks to the question, Joseph. Like, I, I actually don't know whether or not this is referring to Super League or the appointment of Mourinho. I kind of assume it probably means it, it probably means the Super League. But yeah, I mean, taking the Super League and Mourinho together, clearly this is a really, really rough patch for Daniel Levy and Enoch. You know, it's been a pretty tough few years for them for all sorts of different reasons. And they've got a lot to, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of questions at the moment. There's a, I thought THST put out a fantastic statement last night about the Super League. Um, this just really underlines the fact to me that this is a massive, massive crossroads summer for the club. And um, lots of fan, you know, fans being asked to pay for the ne- next season season tickets at the moment, and it's just all up in the air. It really is, James. Yeah, it is. I mean, again, I, you know, for example, you don't know whether next season season ticket is going to include like UEFA European football or some kind of Super League thing or neither or, or I the mean, Ryman Prem. Well, yeah, exactly. The best place to be. Yeah. Um, it really is. <laughs> yeah. So I. I I mean, I'd be really surprised. Look, look, I mean, ultimately, uh, and people can be cynical about this, but if if all of the paying fans, all of the match-going fans decide, you know, shut this, I'm not going to bother going, they refuse to renew their season tickets, and, uh, you know, those who have, re- have already renewed can get their money back because the terms have changed or whatever, then you can kind of see that it, it might, you know, it might affect the club's way of thinking. Uh, because that is still a large amount of money, even if predominantly they're getting their money from TV and whatever else. But yeah, it is, uh, like we say, we're kind of operating in unknowns now more than ever before. Okay, uh, Dee Patel, how are Harry's ankles? Well, he had his scan on Saturday. Uh, I don't think the full extent is known, although uh, I'm hearing that it's not quite as bad as first feared. He wasn't in training today, obviously. I, you know, I'd be speculating, but I wouldn't expect him to play on Wednesday. But he has not yet been ruled out of the final, so it, it's not it's not very bad. But it's you know, let's wait and see for Sunday. I think is probably the best way of looking at that. James, should we quickly move on to the last question before we run out of time? Uh, this is a really good question from Gflow eighty two. Sherwood, the second coming. Discuss. <laughs> no, thank you. I think I tweeted a picture of uh, Ryan Mason wearing a, a gilet about this time last year, or slightly earlier, actually, I guess, when I first called for Ryan Mason to be made caretaker manager over a year ago. Um, so, no, I don't think that's necessary. Thank you very much. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot it, of unknowns right now and a lot of questions, but I'd be surprised if that's the answer. 
better win ratio than Mourinho though. Yeah, I mean it, that's the kind of the strange thing about Mourinho is he'll, he's going to go down as you know a sort of Juan de Ramos, George Graham type figure. Tottenham's second most successful Portuguese manager. Who's the first? AVB. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic to read my piece on Jose Mourinho's departure. You can subscribe right now for just £3.99 a month. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash SpursPod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash SpursPod. Well, guys, that's all we've got time for on this incredibly curtailed and slightly chaotic um, emergency podcast. But thank you very much to James and Tom. Thank you for all your questions. I'm sorry I didn't get around to them. And thank you to everyone who sent us in questions that we were going to do this week. And obviously, we haven't done because of the Mourinho thing. Maybe we'll try and do them on Friday. But um, the football world is on fire at the moment. So I've got no idea what what the world will be like in a few days time so it's possible we won't get around to those questions in which case apologies but uh thank you to everyone for engaging and sending us lots of nice messages and questions which we do genuinely really appreciate we'll be back i think later on in this week where we will look forward to the league cup final look back on the southampton game which of course is on wednesday uh and just try to make sense of everything that's going on in the world at the moment james you're pulling a face it's because we're into the last minute of the Zoom and you're saying loads of needless stuff. See you later, everyone. Bye. Okay, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening and we will be back again soon. The Athletic. <laughs>